Welcome, NEC Hoops fans, to the NEC On The Run podcast as part of the NEC Overtime pod. My name is Ron Ratner, and I am joined, as always, by Ryan Peters, our intrepid blogger. You'll find him on Twitter at Pioneer, at Pioneer underscore Pride. Ryan, we have lots to talk about this week. Two weeks in the books now. We're down to one undefeated team. We're coming off a big day of hoops um, on the Saturday-Monday MLK Day schedule. Let's start with... Central Connecticut, off to a 3-0 start. This team looks for real right now. It's been a while since we've seen a team with this skill level in New Britain, and um, they're fun to watch. There was a huge game on Monday, the last two unbeatens. Central Connecticut beats Merrimack 75-70, 3-0 in the conference now. What are your impressions of Central in their first two weeks of league play? They're legit. They've won five in a row. It's their longest winning streak since 2017 under Danielle Marshall. And they're just playing really good basketball right now. They have the second highest offensive efficiency in the league and second highest defensive efficiency in the league. So this is not a fluke that they're 3-0. And the fact that, you know, they scored against that Merrimack zone, you know, it wasn't always pretty, especially in that second half. But to score over a point per possession on Joe Gallo's group, and to be able to, you know, to, to make those tough mid-range jumpers, but also attack the rim. You know, Alan Gene Rose had nine, all nine of his buckets came at the rim. Uh, Kellen Amos made some big baskets late in that second half when Merrimack was starting to make that run after being down 18. Uh, you know, this is just a, a complete team right now. I think Pat Sellers has six or seven guys he really trusts in that rotation. And they're all playing really well. They still, you know, they still have reinforcements coming too. You know, Jay Rogers and Devontae Sweatman are injured, but you know, this big three of Alan Jean Rose, Jordan Jones, and Kellen Amos are really special. And then the supplemental guys like um, you know, Braylon and uh Jaden Brown are just and you know, even Joe Ostrowski, they're all playing really well. They're just complimenting the stars on Central. So I really like what they're doing here. Pat Sellers has something cooking, and it was nice to see a little buzz in Dietrich yesterday. Yeah, it was a fun game, and I like the fact that maybe in years past, they don't hang on in a game like this. Merrimack, we we know Merrimack's a very good team, um, one of the best in the conference. Um, their defense speaks for itself. They 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 turned up the pressure late in the game, but you're right. Kellen Amos came through. He had a three. He had a runner. Those were big buckets. And then uh, Alan Jean Rose had a late dunk as well to help um, ice the game. You look at the central team and, you know, to me, I see there's three star players on that team. Uh, Amos, Gene Rose and Jordan Jones. But you're right. Some of them, they have enough role players around them that know their responsibilities and come through. And like, I really like Jaden Brown. Like I've you've seen his improvement this year and he's a real capable big and he's had some really good nights last week. He was a, another strong week as well. I just think that they have enough pieces to withstand three days in March. Yeah, I like Jaden Brown. I mean, they have a really good combo at the five with him and Momo. And last year it was Jaden Brown was the offensive five and Momo was defensive five. But the thing I've been really impressed with Brown is the maturation of his game. He now has the, you know, one of the highest block rates in the country. So he's bringing it on the defensive end of the floor. But, you know, just a much more efficient offensively too. Now 54% on his twos. Um, you know, he's able to step out a little bit, make shots. And, uh, you know, it's when you have a, a five man who's a little multidimensional, both on offense and defense, it just really helps your team that much more. Yeah, someone who's been, you know, been in this league a long time and, and I've been 
at Dietrich Gymnasium when that place is packed and just loud and buzzing. And I think this team has a chance to 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 recreate that atmosphere this year. Pat Seller's done a real job, a good job putting the you know putting the pieces in place, and now they're executing. So Central Connecticut, as you said, off um, bit longest win streak since 2017, first place three and zero. So Merrimack is now three and one, and they are tied for second with Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart comes off a sweep last week, a big win over LIU, and then they go out to Lemoyne and win that one, pulling away a little bit late in the game. Let's talk a little bit about Sacred Heart, where they're at, and Joey Riley last week. What a week. This guy was unconscious from three. He had 10 out of 13 shots, 77% from three. I know you have some more stats on Joey Riley, but he just making it look effortless out there. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I mean, he's just got this simple shot, you know, um, you know, stroke that, it doesn't look like like much, but it's mechanically sound. He squares the shoulders really well. There, there's simplicity to that motion, and it just goes in every time he's open. It's amazing. Not just from three. He's made 17 of his last 33 pointers, I believe, over the last six games, which is an incredible stretch. But even early in the year when he wasn't making his threes, he was really good at getting to the rim and finishing inside the arc. And so he's He's not your one-trick pony, a guy who's just going to chuck up threes and generate his points that way. He could generate them a number of different ways. He also can make a tough mid-range jumper for you as well. Uh, he's really good like that. So him and Aiden Carpenter, without those two, there's no way they're beating LeMoyne on the road yesterday. It's just a really impressive performance. I love Carpenter, too, because I feel like he's got that aggression and he's got that quick first step. When he gets to the rim, he was six or seven inside the arc yesterday. He's, he, he can be a special player for Anthony Latina as well. And obviously we know how good Alex Sobel can be. He was, you know, he was a guy who had five assists yesterday and 10 rebounds didn't necessarily score the ball, but he didn't really need to because Lemoyne was trying to double him and he was passing the ball off to guys like Riley and Carpenter. And then, you know, Raheem Solomon also had a uh, six points as well. So, yeah, Sacred Heart, the offense is gelling right now. They had 85 against LIU, 80 against LeMoyne. Um, you know, there's still some questions. When is Tanner Thomas coming back? You know, Nico Gallette had a, a, a bad game yesterday. Hopefully he could bounce back. But, you know, they have pieces. They have definitely weapons. And uh, at 3-1, and one, they're definitely a factor. Yeah, I mean, they were picked number one for a reason. They're deep and they're talented. And you're right. When they, when they, you know, get someone like Tanner Thomas back, it's just going to, you know, add him, adding him back into the mix is going to be tough for, for some of these other teams. Let's move on to another team that comes off a sweep last week. FDU, they'd come in on a, on a, on a slide. They'd lost six in a row, uh, played future NEC member, Chicago state, a great game that I was at um, earlier in the week uh, up in Hackensack, boys, and we, we could talk about Chicago State all day. That team is good. They won again yesterday. They beat Stetson on the road. So um, they're going to bring some some talented players into the NEC next year. But after that, FDU goes. Uh, they they squeak out a win in overtime against Stonehill, then go to SFU. That was an impressive win yesterday. Back at 500. We know what this team, you know, we know the players on this team. We know some of the you know, the offensive um, skill set of this team and what and how many points that they can ring up in any given game. What's your impressions of FDU now? I was really impressed because, you know, they're up 40 to 17 against Stonehill and Stonehill went on that 29 to two run to take the lead. And the Knights could have just given up right there. 
but they found a way. They were down four late in that second half against Stonehill. They found a way to, to pull out that game. They scored 17 points in the overtime to beat Stonehill. Um, and then, you know, to, to go to Loretto, any win, any road wins a good win, but it's especially good when you go to Loretto, PA and win because St. Francis has always been good at home. Uh, I've been really impressed with Joel Emanuel as a sophomore. I mean, he, he kind of really came into his own this weekend, 29 points against Stonehill, 15 points against St. Francis, getting to the line a ton. He got to, to the charity strike 30 times and he made 21 of those. So he did a pretty good job converting that. Uh, he's a force on the boards as well. He can make step out and make a three on occasion. I really like his game. And we know all these guys from before. We know Sean Moore. We know Joe Munden. These guys, you know, Ansley Almanor, they're all very hungry. They want to prove that last year was not a fluke. And, you know, they, they lose Dimitri Roberts. They lose Grant Singleton. But these guys have a chip on their shoulder trying to prove that, you know, they could win without those guys moving forward that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke and they really want to build on the success. And this was a really good weekend for them to, to start that. Player on that team that's caught my eye recently is Terrence Brown. Mm-hmm. Bouncy freshman, plays like with Terrence. confidence, plays like all ball hawking on defense. Like this is a player that has super potential moving forward. Not next season, like now, this season. Yeah, 32 points in the two wins, combined in the two wins. Absolutely been a factor. One of the big questions left to you for me was who's going to replace Grant Singleton? Who is going to be that main two guard? And I think right now the clear answer is Terrence Brown. He's the guy who's really stepped up and played a role. I know, you know, Braden Reynolds is obviously a defensive minded guy and he's a really high IQ player, but Terrence Brown has really stepped up and filled that kind of scoring need at the two guard alongside, you know, Jamison at the point. And, uh, you know, if he plays well, there could be a definite correlation here. If Terrence Brown plays well. He could have been that missing piece for Fairleigh Dickinson. And it may be a reason why Fairleigh Dickinson scores 81 points in back-to-back games. All right, last team I wanted to bring up is Wagner. I know you're you're the color analyst there. So you were there in person. Their win over Stonehill, the magnificent seven that Wagner trots out there game after the game. There's 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 not much of not much on the bench. But they seem to have settled on a style and they're winning games and they're still playing defense. And now we're seeing players step up like Julian Brown and Javi Escaro have elevated their games. Uh, what did you see on Monday against Stonehill? I mean, actually, I like the Seahawks seven better than the Magnificent seven. But <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, no, they haven't changed their philosophy despite only having two guys on the bench at all times. They're still playing tough man to man defense. Uh, they've had great back-to-back defensive performances against St. Francis at home and then against Stonehill at home. So they held serve. Your host, your, if you want to compete in this league, you got to win your home games, and they took care of business. And, you know, all the credit goes to Javi Escara. You know, he plays with such a flair to his game. He's fun to watch. Uh, sometimes he'll do a head-scratching thing or two on the court, but he, he had a great game yesterday, 16 points, six assists, four steals. And he had the guard to 6'8", Max Zagorowski, which is not an easy thing to do. I think Zagorowski ended up with only six or seven shot attempts in the game. So Escaro was just running around the floor with him, crowding him the entire time. Never gave Zagorowski a good look from three unless he was in transition. And, uh, you know, hats off to, you know, Donald Copeland's point guard. And then you mentioned Julian Brown. He's now seven straight games with at least nine points scored. He's become a real perimeter weapon for Donald Copeland. He's just a terrific shooter. 
even yesterday, he missed his first four shots all from deep. That did not phase him at all because the kids got so much confidence. He came back and ended up scoring nine points and did it much more efficiently as the game went on. Um, I think he's got all conference potential. I really do. Even though he's a sophomore and didn't play very much as a freshman because he had better players in front of him, but he's really starting to pick it up on the defensive end. He's become a three level scorer on the offensive end and uh, he's a special player. I think he's got a lot of upside to his game. It's amazing what Wagner's doing. We'll, we'll see, um, you know, what the future holds for them. If they do get some players back from injury, that will only help. Uh, so let's sum up here before we head to our interview segment. We had Wagner won one game last week. They had a one game week. Sweeps from FDU, Sacred Heart, first place Central Connecticut. And uh, speaking of Central, we are going to now hear from NEC co-player of the week, Alan Jean Rose. On this week's NEC on the Run podcast interview, we welcome in Alan Jean Rose from Central Connecticut State. Central Connecticut State off to a 3-0 start in NEC play. Big win over Merrimack on Monday. Alan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Alan, let's get started. That was a big game atmosphere at Dietrich on Monday. Um, two undefeated teams coming in. There was some buzz about the game, which is which is great for the league. And it's, I know it's great for Central Connecticut. What was the biggest key for you in that um, in that win, trying to generate offense against the zone defense from Merrimack, which, which has been so effective this year? Um, first, before the game, uh, we talked about uh, the coaches and the, and, and the players. We talked about how uh, we should start the game the right way, uh, it's, which is something that we haven't been doing uh, lately. And, uh, you know, my goal going into this game was just uh, trying to set the tone um, right away from, from the jump, um, trying to be as aggressive as I can. Uh, as soon as I, uh, I get an opportunity, just trying to go by my man or trying to make a play for my teammate, uh, which is something that uh, we did really well at the beginning of the game. And, uh, you know, it, it paid off and we, we ended up playing, playing well uh, throughout the whole game. So happy with that. Yeah, that was a huge win, Alan, and your, your team's rolling. But I'm just curious. I want to go back to kind of you coming to Central Connecticut. I know you were with Coach Sellers, Pat Sellers, at Fairfield when you first started there. How much has Coach Sellers meant to you in your career in college? Man, Coach Sellers, man, it's from way back when I was a freshman. Um, he's always pushed me. He's always pushed me at even when I was younger and I didn't, I wasn't doing much uh, back on, at Fairfield. Uh, when I was a freshman and sophomore year, I was really struggling. Um, but Coach Sellers is one coach, especially that I remember when I was a freshman and sophomore year that always like uh, told me to keep having the right mindset and keep, we'll just keep working. Because uh, as long as you put on your, the work, you, your time is gonna come. Um, and you know, I'm just I'm just happy that that, that we met, and uh, I'm just happy that uh, that I ended up here at Central Connecticut. Yeah, I've done a profile on Coach Siller, so I know he's a basketball lifer. I know a majority of these college coaches are basketball lifers, but I feel like Coach Sellers seems to have a special connection with his players that's really unique. And you know, both when he was an assistant in various spots like Fairfield, and now as the head man at Central Connecticut, from your perspective. Why is Coach Sellers able to foster these great connections with his players? That's just who he is. That's his personality. Uh, he likes to joke around. He like he, he loves he loves ball, so it's it's easy to connect with people. 
who loves ball as well. Um, you know, he's always pushing guys to, to to be better, to better themselves, better their games. Um, also be a better human being as, as well. Um, and, you know, he's, I feel like he's always got your back. And, uh, you know, that's a guy that you really want to play for. So, um, yeah, just, that's just who he is. Has he ever gotten on you? Does he ever get upset at you in practice? Because yeah, 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 like yeah. he's capable yeah, he get, of that. He gets on me at practice too. Um, he gets on everyone as well. But, you know, it's just what it is. It just We just have so much potential on our team. And um, we're just trying to do big things. So, um, you know, of course he has to uh, get on us a little bit. But, but yeah, he, yeah, he does. He does. Alan, let's talk a little bit about defense and, and watching you play. It's it's easy to see you're an elite defender out there, and you, you were you were when you were at Fairfield as well. So I'm looking to get an answer from you about the origins of your defensive style and your defensive ability. Is that something that came before you got got to college, or is it something you really improved on throughout your time as a collegiate player? Um. I'll say I've always been a good defensive player, but uh, through this past years, I feel like I've um, very much improved on really knowing how to guard and um, how to help your teammate, how to know the angles of uh, where you want to, where you don't want your play, the play that you're guarding to go. Um, you know, it's, it's it's just a matter of angles and, you know, um, just keeping your defender under control uh, try to play with length as much as possible. Try to keep him in front of you. Try to uh, play with your chest. Um, and, you know, just trying to show hands because the referees out there, they're just always looking for, for the, for the hands and how you put your hands on the player. And, you know, I just try to do my best, my best to, you know, keep my hands away from, from them and just use my chest as much as possible to keep it in front of me. So. Yeah, you know, Central Connecticut's playing great defense right now. Your efficiency's up, you know, especially in years from years past. I know you and Jordan Jones coming into that, you know, coming onto that roster as graduate seniors this year. Why is Central Connecticut playing such great defensive ball? You know, obviously you and Jordan bring a different element to the team that wasn't there last year, but why are you guys playing at a high level on that end of the floor? We just we just compete, man. That's that's just the type of guys we have in this on this team, we just have tough guys who who want to win, and we we love to compete. We compete at practice every single day. Um, at practice, it's always a different guy every day. Um, you know, we just want to show people that we're here, and we we're gonna stop people. We're gonna stop people. It don't matter who's in front of us. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna guard, and that's what we've been doing. We've been working out the the whole throughout the whole preseason, and and. Um, and over the summer as well. So, yeah, that's just who we became, and very happy about that. And, you know, talking about your offensive game, you know, what's really interesting to me about your game is you've always been great at the rim and in transition because you have great length, athleticism, but you've really improved your jump shooting this year. You've become a really uh, a weapon on the perimeter. And I'm just curious, you know, you go from being a guy who's mainly going to slash and get to the rim to now a guy who has that perimeter game to complement your great slashing ability did that happen overnight in the preseason? Was that Coach Sellers? How did you? How were you able to improve upon that part of your game so efficiently, going from your fourth to fifth year? Uh, definitely did not happen overnight. Uh, it was a process. Uh, I definitely got way better over the years. Um, you know, it's just great to have a guy like Coach Sellers, like I said, because he just trusts me. 
And uh, I trust him. I trust my coaches. I trust my my uh, my teammates. And you know, I'm just trying to make the right play when when I feel like I have a uh, a good shot, a good rhythm shots. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the shot, uh, which is something that uh, I was not doing at Fairfield. Um, and you know, I'm just happy that Coach Shell is, is able to trust me to with it. And and you know, I put in the work. I put in the work um, with my coaches. And uh, you know, I'm just happy that it, it's finally showing up. And um, I finally get uh, my respect. Alan, I want to talk a little bit about your background. You're from Martinique, small Caribbean island. You played high school ball in Florida. But now you've spent your entire collegiate career up in Connecticut. Is there something? How do you deal with the snow, like the weather? This is not something that you grew up with. What's um, it like being in Connecticut? I mean, it's very, very different from where I'm from. It's, where I'm from is always sunny. It's, the sun is out every day. You can go to the beach every, every day if you want. But, um, you know, it's, it's different. I, I just like it. I like the cold now. Um, you know, I like, I, I'm not really a big fan of the snow, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's, it, look, it still looks good too at times, but um, <laughs> I, li I like being up here in Connecticut. It's, it's a good weather, I would say, overall. Uh, they got great people. Um, you know, I, I've had a great time out here. That's great. Let's talk about your team a little bit in the future. You won five in a row. This is the program's longest winning streak since 2017. So what do you and your teammates need to do to keep the momentum going here and maintain you know, maintain that grip at the, of the top of the standings? Um, keep playing together. Uh, stay the course. Uh, take a game at a time. Um, continue to trust each other and continue to, to sit down on, on the defensive end which is something that helped us tremendously this year. And, uh, you know, just us continue to put in the work and continue to believe that we're going to do something special this year. And, uh, you know, we're ready to show people that we're going to do that. So Central Connecticut has a proud basketball heritage, has won, you know, multiple NEC titles, been to the NCAs. What would you say to fans now to entice them to come to your games for, for the rest of the year and, and cheer on your team? Uh, man, just if you want to have a good time, if you want to watch some good basketball, man, come just come watch us. We put a ton of work. Coaches put in a ton of work. The players put in a ton of work. Um, you know, it's we. I feel like we we playing our best basketball right now. Of course, we we can get better in a lot of different things, but we we just out here having fun. That's 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 just what it is. Like we're just having fun playing the game that we love and. Uh, you know, I feel like um, it, it's a good thing that more and more and more people start to come to our game. And I encourage even more people to, to come watch us play. Uh, you heard it, Central fans. You got to come out to the games. Pack Dietrich got a really good team this year. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We know you're busy. Good luck the rest of the season. And maybe we'll get a chance to talk to you again down the line. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Alan Jean Rose on the NEC Overtime Pod. I want to thank Alan Jean Rose for joining us on the NEC Overtime Pod. Ryan, great interview. Uh, what a player. He's been terrific. He was the perfect addition to Pat Sellers' group. Him and Jordan Jones, just you slot Jean Rose in at the four, Jordan Jones at the one, and you know you you, you have Kellen Amos at the three, Jaden Brown at the five, and then you, you just have all these playmakers you know, around them. It's it's a really fun group. They're they're explosive on both ends of the floor, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do uh, the next six or seven weeks. 
Yeah, me too. That was fun. All right, let's look ahead to this week. We have a couple of TV games. The package resumes on the men's side. So let's start out with our first CBS Sports Network game of the year, Friday night, 5 p.m. FDU goes north to face off with Stonehill, first national linear game up at Stonehill. We're all excited about this. What do you what do you see from this one? They just a rematch, quick rematch, right? Yeah, very quick rematch. It was a great game at Rothman, uh, you know, the overtime matchup that we talked about earlier. I think Stonehill still has a lot of potential. I don't care about their record. They're now finally fully healthy. You know, I, I still really like Tony Felder's game. You know, Chaz Stinson's got a lot of potential. Zagorowski's obviously a threat from long range. So I think, you know, Chris Krause, now that he has his group together, they're finally starting to play a little bit better. You know, they almost pulled off that massive upset at Rutgers. And obviously they almost beat FTU. I know they, they had a tough one against Wagner, but let's credit Wagner and that pressure defense. I think Stonehill's got a bunch of wins in front of them. They really do. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough one for FDU, but, you know, they want to keep that train rolling off the two-game win streak. Yeah, but Stonehill gets some really good crowd support up there. So the students are back now. I'm, I'm hope, we're hoping for a really good crowd. It should be a fun atmosphere. Uh, I was up there last year for a game, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome. So looking forward to the first CBS game of the year. Then on Sunday, we're back on ESPN Plus for a 2 p.m. game, Sacred Heart against Wagner, two teams playing really well. What do you see from this matchup? It's going to be a battle of pace. Wagner loves to slow the game down to a crawl. Obviously, with only seven guys, they don't want to have like a track meek type of game. So it's going to be interesting. Wagner has the fifth slowest tempo in the country. Sacred Heart, though, they like to get up and down the floor a little bit. You know, Brendan McGuire has played better of late, kind of facilitating both in the half court and in transition. So I'm really curious to see where the pace kind of falls. If this is a faster type of tempo, if you're moving up and down the floor, I think that's going to favor Sacred Heart. But if if Wagner can kind of turn this into a half-court grind, then I think it's Vantage Seahawks. All right, two TV games coming up this week. The rest of the slate, as always, you can watch for free on NEC Front Row or on the NEC On The Run series of streaming apps. That'll just about do it this week for the NEC On The Run podcast. Ryan... As always, thanks for taking part and joining us and giving us your insights into NEC Hoops. My pleasure. All right, we'll be back next week on the NEC Overtime Pod.